You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. This has been a long year. A year of uncertainty, struggle, pain. We've watched a virus take countless lives. People we knew, people we loved. Jobs have been lost. Businesses have shut down. And churches have been forced to close their doors. We've witnessed division on an unprecedented level. Cities filled with violence. Streets filled with protesters. And we felt the sting of racism. The deep heartache of hate. There have been times where it's been difficult to see the hand of God. But even in the darkest of moments, He has been there. Faithful. Present. Powerful. As a new year begins, we stand on a simple truth. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow faint. We don't know what this new year will hold, but we know that it's held by a God whose mercies are new every morning. This is where we place our trust. This is the truth on which we stand. This is our hope for the new year. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Isaiah 40, 31. Do you identify with any of that this year? Have you lost loved ones, lost friends, lost freedoms, lost business, lost opportunities, lost time and money, uh, lost peace of mind as you're concerned about getting sick or offending those people around you or bringing sickness? It's been a tough year. 2020 has been what some people say the worst year of their lives and other people say it's been difficult. But now I don't take for granted my freedom. I don't take for granted getting together with people. I don't take for granted uh, events and crowds and church services and all of those other things. So I um, I thought the Christmas Eve service was pretty exciting that uh, we had online. So it was full of errors. Matter of fact, it was funny because uh, for some reason, the uh, cheap program that we used to edit the video uh, and the slides that we had uh, didn't match up. And uh, it was kind of like a real church when the person running the projector can't keep up or doesn't know where they're at. Anyway, uh, got a lot of uh, hits, got a lot of views. Uh, I would say it was a successful Christmas Eve service that we put online. And that was just on Thursday, Thursday and Friday. And now it's Saturday, back with a, another message that we hope that you'll watch. So I'm going to try to make it so it's not too long. Uh, pretty much just a devotional to encourage us at 
this new year to encourage those of you who have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So the things I'm going to say, they don't apply to you if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you are on the outside looking in, maybe today is the day that you need to receive Jesus, the day you need to get saved, the day you need to get right with God. And I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But let me just uh, talk a little bit about hope for a new year from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Uh, before I talk about that, though, I would just like to talk about death for a minute. Now, I don't want to be morbid, but we're all going to die. At some point in our lives, we're all going to die. Unless Jesus returns to come and get us, there will be a day when we die, and most likely there'll be a funeral, whether it's in person or by video. And Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 something very interesting. A good reputation is more valuable than costly perfume. And that is so true. A good reputation, a good reputation in this life, a good reputation for people to remember you by when you have gone. And then he says, the day you die is better than the day you are born. How can that be? Well, if you are leaving this life to go into the presence of Jesus, if you are going to spend eternity with the Lord and every need is met and everything is perfect and there's no more sorrows or pain and all the difficulty that we experience now, no more sin, then for sure it is the time for celebration. But it uh, doesn't mean that you should check out of this life early or not take care of yourself so you're not here for very long. We need to live this life in a way that honors the Lord. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 1, he writes, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. You and I need to live lives that make an eternal difference. Not just live our lives to uh, waste time or play more video games or accumulate more possessions or um, all of those things, but to live lives to help people find Jesus and to grow in Christ and to prepare for eternity, to live lives so that they are ready to die with confidence and assurance that they're going to go straight into the presence of Jesus, that you and I will live our lives in such a way that when it's time to transition from this temporary life to our eternal life, that we will have done all that we could do, that we will have done all that God has called us to do, that we can't, that we won't be able to think about or won't be able to recall anyone that we've been close to that we haven't told about Jesus. That's a great way to live life because people are afraid of dying of a pandemic, dying of a virus, dying in a hospital alone, dying in an intensive care unit, not able to talk, dying separated, dying lonely, dying. But in Christ, I mean, we often don't celebrate death because that would be weird. But sometimes we should celebrate that our 
loved Christ follower, friend, or family member has gone into the presence of Jesus. And while we will miss them temporarily, we are excited to see them again. We are excited for where they are now. We are excited for what they are experiencing, and we can't wait to join them when the time is right, when our work here is done. All right, John 3.16, we all know that verse. Almost everybody knows that verse that says, this is how God loved the world, or for God so loved the world. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Have you believed upon Jesus? Have you placed your faith in Jesus? We all have this problem with sin. Sin separates us from God. Sin is doing anything outside of God's will. Sin is doing um, acts and sometimes thoughts. Uh, sin is sometimes motives. Sin, uh, sin is um, it's greed, it's lust, it's murder, but it's murderous thoughts. It's There's just a lot of way to sin. And sin separates us from God. And we're also born into sin. So we all have this sin problem, sin disease. And there is only one cure, and that is by believing upon Jesus. Jesus came into this world, taught us how to live, died on the cross, rose again, and ascended into heaven, intercedes for us, is involved and interested in our lives, and wants us to repent, to turn from our sin, and turn to him, and believe upon him, and follow him in obedience. And a great way to acknowledge that you want to do that is by talking to him, by telling him, by praying something like this. If you want to receive Jesus Christ, if you want to be saved, if you want to be assured heaven, if you want to escape hell, if you want to know that you're going to go in the presence of Jesus when you die, pray with me. Dear Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Please forgive me and come into my life and save me. Make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow after you and learn your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, John 3.36, if you read a little further down on that page or next page in your Bible, it says anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. So if you have believed upon Jesus, then you have eternal life. And if you have not, if you're still rebelling against God, if you're still refusing to give your life to Jesus, if you are still doing your own thing and not following Jesus, then you don't have that assurance. And the rest of this message is not for you. But I hope that you have, and I hope that if you are somewhere in between, that you would talk to somebody. Uh, let us know how. Let us know how we can help you answer some of those questions. Let us know how we can help you. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians in the first chapter, he wrote words that should encourage us and give us hope, as he shows how the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work in our lives, and how they love us, and how they help us. And so that's what we're going to look at in the few minutes that we have here is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the beginning of Ephesians to give us hope so that we can have hope in the new year. So I can't guarantee you the virus uh, vaccine will work. So don't put your hope in a vaccine. Don't put your hope in a doctor, though doctors may help. Doctors may come up with a cure. Pray that they do. Uh, don't put your hope in the economy. Don't put your hope in the American government or any other government. We need to put our hope in the Lord. So number one, our Heavenly Father gives us hope. Just the idea of having a Heavenly Father should give us hope. Your relationship with your earthly father might not have been perfect, 
So don't associate that with your relationship with your Heavenly Father, who is perfect, who knows everything, who cares about you, and is involved in your life. So he has chosen us. Think of that. I mean, he could have just recreated and said he has chosen us to follow after him. Ephesians 1.3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God wants us to live holy and be without fault in his eyes, to make choices so we're that way. God's perfect and he wants us to be perfect. On the other hand, God knows that we uh, make a lot of mistakes and it's impossible for us to do on our own. So Jesus is our righteousness. He sees what Jesus did on that cross. He sees Jesus' perfect righteousness, that imputed righteousness. He sees that when he sees us and our lives because we have believed in Christ, because we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, received his salvation. Anyway, he has chosen us. To be chosen is huge. I remember being a kid in junior high, and uh, when they'd pick teams and stuff like that, depending on what sport it was, uh, and I was always like the new kid in school because we moved so much, uh, sometimes I wouldn't get picked right away, or I'd be, you know, like towards the bottom of the list, and then I'd, I'd get, I wasn't chosen. It's kind of sad. So, um, but to think that God has chosen you, that God has a plan for you, that God loves you, that God is interested in your life, the God of the universe who created everything, who spoke the world into existence, cares about you and has chosen you. That should give you hope and encouragement in this new year to help us get through whatever comes next. And he has adopted us. He has adopted us. Ephesians 1, 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. A note in the Life Application Bible Commentary on this passage says, Our relationship with God is like one in which a judge throws the book at a lawbreaker and then comes out from behind the bench and pays the penalty for the guilty one. Yet that analogy doesn't go far enough. According to Ephesians 1.5, the judge not only pays the penalty, but then he takes the offender home and adopts him or her into his family. What amazing compassion. We stand guilty as charged and convicted before God, the righteous judge. But thanks to the atoning sacrifice of Jesus, we are pardoned, declared not guilty, and set free. Even more, we're taken into God's family and given the status of sons and daughters. When you consider your standing before God, do you see yourself as a pardoned convict or as an adopted child? Devote your life to fulfilling God's purposes and show your true status as his child. Adoption. Adoption. I know a little bit about adoption. When my wife and I, when we were dating, we said we wanted to have like two kids and adopt one. I've always wanted to adopt a child. I'm not adopted, but I always wanted to adopt a child. And we prayed about it and we did foster care and uh, we saw that there are different uh, kids that were available and we just kept praying about it. And then one day God brought us or God made it possible for us to adopt a little baby. So uh, came to our house when he was less than a day old, and uh, he's been with us ever since. But I remember when I was doing foster care, I had this little girl, 
in my arms. It was the middle of the night. She couldn't sleep. So little baby, I was rocking her and I was praying, God, if you allow me to adopt a child, I will treat it like my very own biological child and uh, love it and care for it. And that's what God allowed us to do. And that's what God does for us. And that is such an awesome thing, such an exciting thing that God chose to love us. Under Roman law, adopted children had the same rights and privileges as biological children. Even if they had been slaves, adopted children became full heirs of, in their new family. Paul used this term to show the strength and permanence of believers' relationship to God. This adoption occurs through Jesus Christ, for only his sacrifice on our behalf enables us to receive what God intended for us. So he adopts us and that should encourage us no matter what we go through. God doesn't save us from every difficulty. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't keep us from all the hardships. Sometimes he allows us to grow through them. Sometimes he allows us to serve from through them. And sometimes he allows us to go through the hard times. So we'll be more grateful for what we do have or take our future more seriously. And then sometimes he allows us to go through hard times so he can show his grace and provide for us and get us through. So we need to trust in God and his grace. Grace is doing grace is God doing for us that which we do not deserve and could not do for ourselves. Or another way to say it is, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. All right. Uh, he has accepted us. He has accepted us. Ephesians 1, 6. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. So he cares for us. He's adopted us. He's accepted us. And he gives grace. He shows grace. Uh, number two, our Lord Jesus Christ gives us hope. Uh, Jesus went through a lot of hard times and he was faithful in everything. And he knows what you're going through when we pray, when we pray to Jesus, when we a personal relationship with Jesus means that we have a conversation with Jesus. Uh, tell him how you're feeling. Tell him the things you struggle with. Tell him the things you need. Pray, ask, expect. And when you receive, uh, be thankful. Jesus gives us hope. Jesus made it possible for us to enjoy this new life, to enjoy this relationship, to enjoy the assurance of heaven, to enjoy spiritual blessings. God, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. So Jesus made it possible for us to be redeemed and forgiven. God sent Jesus to make it possible for us to be in a right relationship and to enjoy those spiritual blessings, to enjoy uh, the assurances that we have that God hears, that God cares, that God is going to um, be there for us, that he'll guide, that he'll provide so many things. Uh, B, he has revealed God's will to us. Jesus has revealed God's will to us. Ephesians 1.8. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. God's working out his plan. This pandemic might be part of God's plan. Uh, all these countries getting sick, spending all this money. Um, maybe it's going to bring the countries to a point where uh, they all get together and they say, hey, one world money system, one world 
government and the Antichrist shows up and Jesus returns. And uh, I could just see all the end time scenario things coming together um, as God works out his plan. Somehow he's got to put set the stage and put everything into position. And so when we read in scripture, we see God's will uh, being revealed. And sometimes we don't understand exactly how it's going to happen. But we do know that his will is that we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we follow after Jesus, that we follow Jesus' example, and we obey his teachings. Um, living for Jesus is uh, so much better than living for ourselves. It's a sacrifice, it's difficult, it's a spiritual battle, but we need to seek God's will, we need to follow after God's will, we need to do God's will. And look forward to the day when Jesus Christ returns rewards us for the life that we live, um, and brings us on the next chapter of God's great big adventure for us all. So exciting to think about. That should give us hope in the new year. Uh, he is working out his plan for us. He is working out his plan for us, Ephesians 1.11. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. So we look back and we see how God had worked out his plan. And we look around today and we see how God is working on his plan. And then we look forward and we see how God is working on his plan through Jesus by those who trust in Christ that they will have a great future and bring praise and glory to God. To be thankful. Uh, Think about all the things that you hated about 2020, and then think about all the things that you endured, and then all the things that might have been blessings in disguise. So, uh, yeah, you couldn't go to the football game, but maybe you had more opportunity to uh, read your Bible or to uh, read some books, theology books or uh, spiritual books that actually helped you uh, do better in your faith life than what fantasy football or whatever else. Um, but God's working on his plan in our lives. He's working all things together of all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So that's Romans 8:28. But we can trust that God's working on his plan. And now while we don't understand it, uh, we can have hope for the future. We can have hope for the coming year. So let us trust that God is working out his plan and his plan in our life. And number three, the Holy Spirit living in us gives us hope. God sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit in us to give us hope. Ephesians 1.13. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. When you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. Identified us as his own. Uh, I want to be on God's team. I want, you know, when I received Jesus Christ, then I got to be on God's team, but to be identified. I mean, you see all the kids in town uh, run around with their uh, letter jackets or kids from the other town. Uh, they identify with that team. They believe, uh, they feel like they belong to that school or uh, that organization or that racing team or, or whatever. And we identify with Jesus Christ. We identify as children of God, as adopted children of God. 
When we receive the Holy Spirit, we are included and empowered. The Holy Spirit makes it possible for us to come into faith in Christ. The Holy Spirit makes it possible for us to know what sin we need to uh, confess and uh, to get right with God. The Holy Spirit makes it possible for us to understand the Bible. The Holy Spirit makes it possible for us to know uh, when we should serve and how we should serve and gives us strength for serving and uh, spiritual gifts, abilities to help us serve, uh, changes the way we behave and the way we think and our attitudes uh, through spiritual fruit. The Holy Spirit does so much in our lives and we couldn't live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us a guarantee. We have his guarantee. The Holy Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Do you praise and glorify him? I mean, do you do that? You can do that through song. You can do that through uh, the words that you say in prayer. Uh, you can also glorify the Lord by the way that you tell others about him. But a guarantee, a guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he purchased us to be his own people. So earnest money in business means money given as a down payment for a purchased possession. Christ has purchased our future for us, but we have not yet entered into all the blessings. God has given us his spirit as the down payment to assure that we will experience total redemption and receive God's promised blessings in glory. So anyway, um, I hope that you found some encouragement and some hope in this brief message. You know, Will Rogers, the uh, old actor and speaker, had said that we should live so that you wouldn't be ashamed to sell the family parrot to the town gossip. And as you think about 2021 and the things you choose to do and the things you choose to say and the way you live your life, um, live in such a way that you honor God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and draw people into that relationship with them. So Jesus is fully God. The Holy Spirit is fully God. And God the Father is fully God. And that concept, again, is the Trinity. And while it's hard to explain, it's very clear through Scripture that that's how God uh, reveals himself to us. And so we can approach the Father with every need. We can pray in Jesus' name and approach Jesus Christ, the high priest who sympathizes with us in all our weaknesses, uh, Jesus Christ, our, our, older, our older brother in the faith, um, the Holy Spirit. We can pray to the Holy Spirit. We can ask the Holy Spirit to help us, to uh, give us strength, to uh, pray the Holy Spirit opens our eyes and hearts as we, as we open our Bibles, as we read Scripture, that we would be able to understand and apply it to our lives. And as we serve, we should ask the Holy Spirit to enable us to bring God glory, to do it successfully, to serve in such a way that honors, that honors the Lord. So anyway, um, let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you loved us and cared for us, that you chose us and adopted us in Christ. Jesus, I thank you that you came to live among us, that you showed us how to live, that you went to the cross knowingly, that you went to the cross on purpose, 
to give your life a sacrifice for our sins, to shed your blood and to um, make that payment so we wouldn't have to um, be eternally separated. Jesus, I thank you that you offer us a personal relationship, a high priest that's able to sympathize with us, uh, ready to hear our prayers. To Holy Spirit, I thank you that you help us, that you empower us, that you guide and direct us, that you are at work in so many ways in our lives. So, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we lift you up. We praise you. We worship you. We pray that you provide everything we need in the in the new year. I pray for sick people to get healed. I pray for lost people to get saved. I pray for Christ followers to get serious about living for Jesus. I pray that we would make disciples and grow your kingdom. I just thank you so much for the hope that we have here on this earth and the hope that we have for eternity in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, River Rock Church is provided for by people who care about River Rock Church. So if you're a friend or member or um, somebody who cares about River Rock, we're currently having a, a little bit of a, a crisis because we have no, no place to meet, even if COVID was over tomorrow. Um, not sure that we would be able to get our old space back at the public elementary school. So on the other hand, we don't really want our old space back at the public school. We want our own building so we don't have to set up and tear down so we can have a place to use seven days a week for anything that we want. And the, we found an opportunity, but we just need to be able to afford it. So would you pray with us that God would provide the building, that God would provide the funds, that God would provide uh, a quick transition so that we can, we can get in there and make that space our own. We want some land on the highway and it'd be great if it sold and we could take that money and just pay for the building. On the other hand, if we could pay for the building and hold on to the land, maybe we could build our future uh, church building out there. This is a storefront that we're looking at. And uh, we also need resources to, to keep going. So keep sending us your prayer requests. We really appreciate the uh, tithes and offerings and gifts that you guys have been sending, people have been sending. Um, we appreciate the opportunity to serve uh, we're trying to do the best we can with video uh, right now, as are many churches. Uh, we are still, we still have Bible quizzing going on, even though it's by Zoom. We have uh, small groups that are taking a break right now until the, after the first of the year. Um, but we're still functioning as a church and we still care about our community. And uh, yeah, just connect with us. Let us know uh, how you're doing and what you're thinking and how we can pray for you and uh, we can video chat, or we can talk on the phone, or uh, you can send an email. Uh, you find all of our stuff at riverrockchurch.com. So uh, you can watch more messages at riverrockchurch.com slash watch, uh, riverrockchurch.com slash listen if you want to listen to audio, uh, riverrockchurch.com slash give if you want to give, uh, riverrockchurch.com slash pray if you want to submit prayer requests and praises. And uh, anyway, so I'm out of time. I hope that you'll tune again. Tune in again next week. God bless you. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.